Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. In 300 meters, make a left at the valley and then cast your ballot. As overlord, all will kneel trembling before me and obey my brutal commands. End communication. It makes no difference which one of us you vote for. Either way, your planet is doomed. Doomed! These candidates make me want to vomit in terror. I woke up this morning. Had a burning deep inside. It's like when you're feeling. It's all a big lie. I feel the pain. Welcome, welcome back to another edition of Left at the Valley. My name is Kevin, I am your host, and from some undisclosed location somewhere here in the Fraser Valley, we hope to be here to entertain you, and this is a show about positive atheism, skeptical thinking, and secular humanism. Thank you so much for listening. Well, we got a great show going on today, guys. Uh, I'm actually flying solo tonight. I figured this being the uh, Canadian uh, Thanksgiving, I'd give uh, the rest of the guys a day off. They've been working very hard for you, so I think they kind of deserve that. So I guess until then, you guys are stuck with me. You guys are flying solo with me tonight. Ah! Oh, come on. It's not going to be that bad. We're going to have a great time together. Now, I've got to say, uh, we're going to call this show The Vote Compass, The Voting Compass, something like that. Um, we've been talking about politics a lot lately because we're in the midst of a Canadian election, a federal election. And uh, although the show is not geared towards necessarily um, politics, uh, it is an important part of our life. So this, I promise, is the last show we're doing on politics before the election. We're not, I'm just going to put an end to it and we want to let people vote, make up their mind, and cast their ballot on October 19th. But before that, I thought I wanted to do a few, uh, uh, have a last couple of minutes with you guys here out there on the airwaves. The uh, genesis of the show happened a couple of years ago when I was talking to my ex-co-host, uh, Karen. And uh, we um, made a simple comparison that uh, she's from Cornell originally. And uh, although she she's left-leaning on the side of the spectrum, the political spectrum, she she pointed out that the rest of her family uh, that still lives in Cornell is, uh, leans right, leans quite right and conservative, which is interesting because when you actually start talking to them and you talk to them about uh, policy and values, you start realizing that they don't have the same values that would be considered conservative values. They actually align much more with other political parties. Uh, so we started musing as to why would that be? And we realized that just like atheists have a tendency to fight every day for, um, you know, we're fighting not necessarily against a god or a divine being, uh, but as, as skeptics, we fight against the myth. And you realize that politics is all about mythology as well. Um, 
Karen's family, for example, like they, they they might lean left on the political spectrum, but they vote conservative. They've always voted conservative, and they've always done that. And they don't necessarily know why. They've just done it. You know, it's it's always been that way, and they've never given it much thought. The same way a Christian, for example, right here in North America, would be born in a Christian family, would be raised as a Christian. They never really give it much thought. They might go to mass. They they might go through the same magical incantation and nonsense that we've come to see through as atheists. But down low, they've never actually sat down and analyzed why they do this. And I've, I suspect you see the same thing when people vote. And this is why buzz lines seem to work so well. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Wyatt Scott come by, and I wanted to just point out that, you know, not necessarily you don't necessarily have to vote for a, a political party out there you can actually be an ind- independent person and you yourself if you have an interest in politics and you can't find anybody that represents what you think are your values or good values you yourself can do like white and actually run and that's what the guy did and that was the point of having his uh himself come to our show and explain his uh his campaign, and we've been following him, and he's been doing very well. So it occurred to me tonight that we do a show and basically ask, or maybe make you think and ask yourself, where do you think you stand when it comes to political parties? Where do you really stand, and who do you really are? Who are you really going to vote for? Ha! Well, um, what an incredibly stupid question. Maybe not as stupid as you think, uh, there, uh, Christopher, because a lot of people seem to have uh, this preconceived notion that they know exactly where they, they're, they're going to vote, and uh, they usually cast their vote in that way. Um, but we we quickly realized that with a tool that just came out, like, for example, the Vote Compass, and that's actually done by the CBC, um, you might not actually stand where you think you stand. Um, we, I actually add some of the, ask some of the members of the crew to uh, take this test. <sighs> and uh, they've done so, and we'll be exploring some of the results tonight. And uh, I actually also interviewed my mother, who is actually usually a conservative. And um, she's a proud Christian, you know, she's a, a Catholic, and she... she she votes. So she has some many uh, conservative tendencies, and we're going to go through the uh, interview that I do with my mother as we actually took the test uh, for her. Uh, but before all that, I want to get into um, some uh, some myth busting, I guess, that uh, we're going to do here about uh, some of the uh, things that go on in politics, especially during this 2015 election. So lots of sneaky things in Ottawa. Things that make you go. Let's bust a few myths here. Now, if you ask most people today, they'll be asking you, you know, this election, it's all about the economy. It seems that that's the theme that comes up every time. And personally, I'm kind of getting tired of it because, you know, there's way more than just the economy. But that's the buzz line and everybody's caught with. So, let's do a bit of research here. Between the Liberals and the Tories, who's had the best economic um, record? So let's start with the, uh, let's go a few, a few years back, and let's start with uh, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, which was, uh, you know, obviously the uh, the father of uh, his son that's actually running that right now, uh, Justin Trudeau, who's running for uh, the leader of the, well, he is the leader of the Liberal Party. Under his administration, the annual deficit was 2.9% of the GDP. Um, after him, when Brian Mulroney came in, the annual deficit was 6.7% of the GDP, so those a substantial raise there. Uh, 
Mulroney did balance the budget. He did balance the budget. But when the interest rates rose, somewhere in the 80s, his government was reluctant to take uh, advanced steps to stop the financial crisis of the early 90s. So curiously, in 1984, the Tories published uh, the Agenda for Economic Renewal, which actually warned of the upcoming uh, difficulty uh, with the times ahead, but they chose to basically kick the can down the road. And by 1991, they introduced the GST. When the Libs came in, uh, they imposed essentially a, a temporary uh, capital tax on large deposits, a higher tax on corporation, a temporary corporate sub, uh, surtax, a higher tax on gas and tobacco. Remember that? At the time it was Chrétien and it was uh, followed uh, simply uh, soon after that by uh, Paul Martin. Now the Liberals benefited from the introduction of the GST, and uh, when they uh, yeah they benefited from the introduction of the GST, and then they actually uh, gave the largest income tax reduction in history in the year two thousand. The Liberals also introduced a process to carefully review federal program spending. It was a transparent and accountable process, unlike the Harper government process, which actually refused to provide info to the parliamentary budget uh, budget officer. In 94-95, the federal deficit was 4.7 of the GDP. GDP, by the way, for those of you who might not understand, that means gross domestic product. Uh, by 97-98, it had been eliminated, and uh, we had surpluses after that for the next nine years. The debt, for the, 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 the debt of the country was reduced to uh, by 90 billions, and the, the debt burden, which is the burden uh, for for uh, for the citizens, uh, fell from sixty six point six percent in ninety four ninety five to thirty one point four percent in oh six oh seven. So essentially, the under the liberals at the time, they did very very well. It was a lot of uh, you know you had to bite down and bite the bullet, uh, but they essentially cleaned up the mess that was left by the previous administration, which was Brian Mulroney. Which means the conservatives inherited when Stephen Harper came in about thirteen point eight billion dollars surplus which then became a 5.5.8 billion deficit in 2 years. Uh and it's been a deficit every year since except for this year. So uh one surplus in 9 years. And uh, since uh Stephen Harper was elected the debt has increased by 150 billion dollars. Now I know you guys are going to say some people out there are going to say, "Well, what about the crash of 08?" Yeah, it's true, the crash of 08. And it's one of those buzz lines that also people use. The crash of 08 um was not uh cause here in Canada was causing the states and a lot of people will say things like well you know thank you for Mr. Harper for guiding us through that crash um the problem with that is is the crash of 08 was essentially the culmination point of American policies that deregulate banking systems back in the 90s under Bill Clinton at the time uh, at that time, when the liberals were in, par- in power, uh, we had a tendency to follow suit the, uh, what the Americans were doing, and it was talked into a parliament that they would do that. They would just deregulate banking, just like uh, the Americans did. But it was actually halted. They couldn't. It was uh, the government was in a minority position, and they couldn't get enough support to get it done. So essentially, Mr. Harper had nothing to do with with uh, saving um, or our banking system being strong enough for the recession of 08. It was actually under the Liberal, the previous administration, although they were talking about it, but if I remember correctly, um, the uh, the Conservatives weren't strong enough 
to pr- pr- present much of, a, much of a threat. It was actually the NDP, if I remember correctly, who uh, were uh, quite opposed to the idea of that. And this is something that, it's a point that nobody seems to make today. They all go with the buzz line that Prime Minister Harper saved us from the 08 crash, and it's, it's not true at all. So let's talk a bit, a bit about job creation, because that's the other point that people are making during this election campaign. Um, the 1.2 million number uh, that the Tories are tossing out there is actually correct, but it is meaningless. That's because since 2006, growth in the country has declined every year. Um, since 2010, it averaged actually about 1.7% per year. In the previous nine years, the growth was 3.4% per year. And by 2014, only 120,000 jobs were created. So bring that on top of that, you know, you're creating these jobs, but you also have immigration coming in. So that number essentially is almost zero, right? More people are coming in, but jobs are not being created. Um, By 2014, the unemployment rate was actually higher than it was at the end of 2008. So let that sink in uh, for for, for a minute there. Uh, We're talking about, you know, the Tories and the myth that they are great fiscal stewards of our economy. And when you just dig a bit deeper, you realize it's not true at all. Uh, As far as federally, the liberals have actually been much better. We can't talk about the NDP because they have not been in a position of uh, power uh, at the... uh, in Ottawa, but we know for, so far the Liberals have actually been better. Now numbers don't lie, but people do, and it will just—they'll do that just to sway your vote and uh, keep them in power. Now, as a skeptic, it's your job to wipe away, you know, to 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 wash away the myth and find the truth. And uh, hopefully, you guys will go out there and actually explore a bit more. I know I'm uh, might be talking to. Uh, or preaching to the choir for a lot of you out there, but I know some of you out there are are just voting because you've always done it i would encourage you no matter where you vote you know go out there and actually study it go out there and actually look at some of the history so look at some of the past and this we're not we're not talking very far here we're talking from pierre Elliot trudeau till now so it's it's what's well, a span of you know a few decades uh, and you see there's you know all these myth all these 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 things that are coming to light uh will fade away there's also uh, something very interesting i found uh which i think will interest you a lot of people this is uh, according to progressiveeconomic.ca um they ask which party is actually better at being fiscally prudent uh and, and uh, the answer will actually surprise you uh, did you actually think it would be uh, somebody like the uh, the conservatives actually no um the results was actually that the ndp governments have been the have the best records of all political parties, and I mean provincial and federal. In the fifty-two years of NDP rule, of course, they they added up all the uh, the times the NDP were in power provincially because they haven't been in there federally. They balanced their budget about fifty percent of the time, as compared with thirty percent of the time for the Tories and twenty-seven percent of the time for the Liberals. So, this is just a, an example that I wanted to give you guys about. The myth that it's out there, the myth that, you know, oh, yeah, the, the buzz line that, you know, uh, you want to be fiscally conservative. People say that, you know, I'm, I'm progressive, but I'm fiscally conservative. Well, I'm not even sure we could use that term anymore, because what does it mean? In theory, it means, I guess, you want to be a bit more prudent with your, 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 your wallet. But in reality, when you look at the stats and you look at the number, you realize it, it doesn't hold at all, at all. So anyway, that was good. Uh, let me take a minute break here, and let's come back with the voting compass. What is secular humanism? Critical thinking. Knowledge is freedom. Freedom from ignorance and its offspring, fear. The BC Humanist Association has been active in the Vancouver area for over 25 years. We offer a friendly and welcoming place to make new friends. 
as well as free educational lectures. We invite you to join us any Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Oak Ridge Senior Center. Please visit our website for more details, bchumanist.ca. Okay, I'm back. Barely had time to get myself something. <laughs> Should make those ads maybe a bit longer, those PSAs. Yeah, so like I said earlier, I uh, asked some of the members of the uh, Left of the Valley crew to go out there and essentially um, take that votecompass.ca, um, actually, was it the CBC? At the CBC, yes, sorry, it's at the CBC. I should really get that website here. Hold on a sec. Yeah, here it is. So it's votecompass.cbc.ca. It's a little test. Uh, They're they're asking you about 30 questions. You know, things like... uh, Not not, not complicated questions. It's on a scale of 1 to 5. You know, it's like... um, Do you think we need longer mandatory sentences for marijuana? You know, yes we do. I think so. No, I'm neutral. No, not really. I'm really opposed to it. That kind of scale. And by the end, they actually send you a bit of a chart. You can have a chart sent to you by email, and you they, they, they basically let you know the percentage of points where you actually align with a given political party. And you'll be quite surprised by uh, some of the uh, results uh, of all this stuff. I, I know I was. So this is why I basically had this interview done with my mother. So we're going to go pull, uh, go ahead and play that. And um, a little bit of warning for you guys. Uh, my mother, as much as a... Wonderful person she is. She does have some opinions which are not popular. And uh, I'll give some warning. Uh, she does say a few things in there that are totally not PC. So um, I apologize in advance for that. But you know what? Uh, <laughs> can't really change her mind at her age, I guess. So let me go ahead and play that. All right, so let's see what it says. Okay, so. Terminally ill patients should be able to end their own lives with medical assistance. Do you strongly disagree? Somewhat disagree? Neutral? Somewhat agree, or strongly agree, or don't know? I don't know, because if I was thrown in the I think I would That's okay. you, you I would say to... something different than what I am now. Yeah, have... Now, that's a very good, interesting point. i just pause that for a second there. Right there, it starts right off the bat with, you know, the uh, dying with dignity thing that we've been uh, listening to one or more so for a few episodes, and... Obviously, the conservatives are trying their very best to make sure this whole Dying with Dignity initiative <coughs> does not pass. Sorry for that. So right there, she says, you know, she's, she's not sure, but she, she's going to vote a certain way. But in her mind, if she was afflicted by the disease or, or this kind of situation, she would vote a different way. And... That to me right there was a, a clear sign of this is a, a conservative mindset right there. Um, I will vote one way because it doesn't affect me, right? It doesn't affect me. So there's, there seems to be a lack of empathy, which is apparently fairly common on the right side of the spectrum. So let's continue. Just to answer that. Possession of marijuana should be a criminal offense. No. Strongly disagree? Somewhat disagree? Neutral? Somewhat agree? Strongly disagree? I disagree. Somewhat disagree? Yeah. Abortion should be allowed in all cases, regardless of the reason. Now, yourself being Catholic, Christian, you know, will have an influence on this, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's a hard one. Uh, because, I mean, it's your body, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's religious aspects to it. Yep. So, um... Yeah, let's pause that again. Of course, there's 
there is no religious aspect to the question. There's only a religious objection to it. Um, but I, I, I was kind of uh, interested to see that you know she's 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 thinking it's your body. She didn't go like completely Christian. Uh, she's into bodily autonomy, which I was actually quite impressed by that. I don't know. I think I'd be neutral on that right mm-hmm. now. Oh, okay. How much should Canada do to reduce its greenhouse gas emission? Much less, somewhat less, about the same, somewhat more, much more. Well, if you listen to the debates, I mean, I think they should be doing more. Somewhat more or much more? Much more. Much more. New oil pipelines should be built in Canada. Strongly disagree, somewhat disagree, I'm neutral. I'm not that familiar with that. I think, like you're also saying, we should build our own refineries and we wouldn't have to send our oil out. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's an interesting thing, too. Um, she uh, seems to be relying on her husband's opinion here as well, uh, which is actually seems to be much more common than you think, uh, especially among uh, women. And if I had Nancy here or uh, or, or Sharon or even our, our ex-co-host uh, Karen, I think <laughs> they would try to tear a strip into her at this point. Well, let's keep on going here. So then that would be... I somewhat disagree. Somewhat disagree. Well, as long as it stays in Canada. It's just a simple question. Mm, The Canadian government should put a price on carbon. Like a carbon tax. Don't know. That's a good valid valid answer. I don't know. I don't think I understand that carbon thing. That's okay. That's fine. That's why I don't know is there. And that's another thing, too. Um... Sometimes we're we're forced to vote on an issue, and we might not exactly understand it, and that is a failure on the part of our political system to do so. Um, when you're a teacher, it's your job to teach the student. If the student doesn't understand, it's your job to adapt your method of teaching so the student does understand. It is not up to the student to uh, modify their cognitive behaviors to try and understand the way you're teaching. That's what a good teacher does. Uh, it kind of speaks a bit loudly also to a political system which doesn't seem to cater too much to the average population because we bump into a lot of people that seem to have these kind of um, problems understanding uh, what's going on. I mean, if you'll get to some scientific circles and you know maybe they, it's very easy for them to understand, but the layperson might have a bit more difficulty and, and then what they do is they start relying on the myth which is exactly what we're trying to fight here tonight. How much should wealthier people pay in taxes? Much less? Somewhat less? About the same as now? Somewhat more? Or much more? You think wealthier people should pay more in taxes? Yeah, but I mean, if a lot of them get wealthier through their own hard work, why should they have to... Well, yeah, they could pay more. Okay, I I had to stop that there, too. Um, There's that buzz line I was telling you about. This is a buzz line directly from the States. You know, oh, well, if rich people get rich through their own hard work. Yeah, we hear that a lot, and it makes perfect sense on paper. However, the reality is, although I did not look at those stats, but if you look up at the stats, you, you will see that the reality is a lot of these people came into money not because of their own hard work. They came through money because of... Inheritance. They came through money because of uh, um, dad or mom that passed away and left them a lot. You know, the trust fund brigade. Uh, if uh, hard work was the, uh, uh, and being rich was the inevitable result of hard work, 
then I know a lot of people that would be really, really rich, you know, a lot of hardworking Africans and all that. They would be really rich because we have a life of luxury compared to them. But this is a very good example there of the buzz line that's affecting the typical voter. Pay more. They could pay somewhat more. Somewhat more. Yeah. How much tax should corporations pay? I don't know what they're paying. I don't know what the percentage is. So I think they should be, Corporate taxes can afford to pay a lot more, I think. So much more? Yeah. Much more. Quebec should become an independent state. No. Strongly disagree? Yes. Quebec should be formally recognized as a nation of the cons- in the Constitution. Well, if you're recognized as a nation, do you have to be... Can you still be a nation, part of a nation? A nation within a nation? A bit like the uh, First Nations are? First Nations people? Yes. So, uh, strongly agree? Yes. Illicit drug users should have access to safe injection sites. Yes. Strongly agree? Yes. Okay. How much of a role should the private sector have in healthcare? Public hospitals versus private hospitals. Much less, somewhat less, about the same as now, somewhat more, much more. Um, We need a lot more, so I'd say much more. Much more. Handguns should yes. be banned in Canada. Strongly yes. agree. Strongly agree. Okay. Longer prison sentences are the best way to prevent crime. No. Somewhat disagree. Strongly disagree. I strongly disagree. Strongly disagree. To what extent should law enforcement be able to monitor the online activity of Canadians? Mm. Talk about online. That's, that's Fifty-one. They're talking about sort of online spying and all that stuff. Law enforcement. Law enforcement. Does that mean the government? It mean yeah. It means the police should should be able to know how much should should the police know where you are looking on online. Well, it doesn't bother me, so I don't really care. So, to what extent? Uh, I would say they could uh, listen more. I would say somewhat greater. Okay. Canada should introduce a publicly funded child care program. Yes. Strongly agree. Strongly agree, okay. For those naysayers, uh, there is one of those uh, programs in uh, Quebec. Um, I actually took advantage of it myself uh, when my daughter was born. Um, at the time, it was uh, $5 a day, and it was actually run by the state. It was run very professionally, and goodness gracious, I don't know why we haven't done this in BC yet. I know there's a lot of people going against this this idea of um, of uh, raising maybe a bit more tax for for this, but it is such a relief to know that your children, when you're out there working, are in the hands of a professional instead of Nanny McPhee somewhere here in her backyard, and we don't know what the hell's going on. It's unregulated. It's it's ridiculous. Only those who speak both English and French should be appointed to the Supreme Court. No. I don't agree. Strongly disagree? Yes. Canada should end its ties to the monarchy. Yes. Strongly agree? Yes. Okay. The Senate should be abolished. Mm, Not sure there. Don't know. How much should be done to accommodate religious minorities in Canada? There's a lot of people that are religious Jedis. How much should we do to accommodate them? What does that mean, a religious Jedi? (laughs) That should be religious. Ah, Oh, do not. There is no try. 
how much should be done to account? Well, I think you should have religious freedom, but mm-hmm. not to the extent that it uh, overtakes the country. Like, okay. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's my answer. Okay. So, do you think the kid? Do you think the country is doing I, too I, much for them right now? Do you think the country is not doing enough for them? No, I think we're doing enough. I think so we're about doing the same enough. as now. Yeah. Okay. How many new immigrants should Canada admit? Oh, do we need to bring in more new new immigrants or less? Many fewer, somewhat fewer. You see, yeah, but that—that—that's you know that's it's a white question. That's a, yeah. It's a white question. Yeah, I mean, I would have. Well, yeah, I bring as many as you want, as long as they speak the language, or as long as they have a job or something. That would be my answer. So, how many new immigrants can? Well. That's another interesting thing. Uh, as long as they speak the language, as long as they have a job. Um, I can understand uh, wanting to be able to communicate with uh, new immigrants, but, you know, uh, I think, I think you know, not necessarily everybody can easily learn English or French. They should be given the opportunity to do so. You can't, I don't think you should be able to discriminate on bringing a person in this country if they speak Russian and they don't speak English or French. At least give them the opportunity to try to do so. That's what Canada's all about. Or if they have a job, well, that kind of takes away everything that's refugee, right? A lot of places are not nowhere near as blessed as we are here in Canada, no pun intended. Uh, If we're going to go and say, you're going to move to another country, chances are you won't have a job when you arrive here. You You don't emigrate to a country with a job in hand because your job would be in the country you just left. Uh, it's kind of hard to, I don't know, you lived in, um, Brazil and all of a sudden you're applying to a Canadian job here. That'd be a very difficult thing to do. Although Brazil is a fairly well off country, but if you're immigrating to a country to try to better your life, it's, uh, I think it's ridiculous to expect an immigrant to come here and already have a job. They're here to do that. They're here to find a job. They're here to better their life. We could still get. Uh, we could somewhat more. Yeah, definitely. More. We could definitely have more. Okay. Aboriginal people in Canada should have more control over their ancestral territory. Wow. Should we need to consult the uh, First Nations more when it comes to stuff that happens on our own ancestral land? I don't know how I feel about that because I mean, well, I know that they they've been stuck to living on. Reservations, but even those, they well, they don't take care of that either. Well, there, there's another vicious rumor. I'm not sure where she got that, but I'd be kind of curious to see that. Uh, that's anecdotal evidence at best. Um, everybody's heard that story of the native living, you know, for some reason, fatly off the reservation. Uh, it's I don't think that's quite the situation here, and she's making a political judgment and voting politically on this lack of information. So this is why we're doing shows like this, so we can actually cut through these kind of myths. So you don't uh, know. Um, more control. I don't know what to see control. It's a big word. Well, you know, for example, if they were to decide to, somebody wanted to buy a piece of land that has been on native territory, they wanted to build a mall there. Uh, oh, well, yeah. Should, no. they, should they have more of a say in that? Yeah, yeah, I'm not against that. So, somewhat agree? Yeah. 
Um, how much should the government do to make amends for the past treatment of Aboriginal peoples in Canada? I think the government's done a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Aboriginal people have to start doing some of the stuff themselves okay. instead of just relying on, uh, okay, being given this and not taking care of anything. Mm-hmm. They abuse the rights that they do have. You think so? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do. So about the same as now? Or do you think we should do even less? Or do you think we should do more? I mean... I, th- I think things have to be done differently. It's not that they should do more or less. Well, they should do more and... Well, I don't know. In the past couple of years, I mean, the government has stepped up and apologized publicly for some... Well, some yeah, my apology and is an apology, okay. But, I mean, they should do more, I guess, in... in uh, well, at the same time, I mean, they they put them on reservations and they build them houses or they build their own houses, but they destroy everything they get their hands on. I think the Aboriginal people are really hate being on reservations and not having their lands, so it doesn't matter how much you make amends, that they still are going to resent it. So we don't, we don't know? I don't know. Okay, don't know. How much should Canada spend on foreign aid? You mean by helping other countries? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, shit, if you got it, we should share it. So, um... See, that's interesting. That's an interesting comment. If you got it, we should share it. Which is a very Christian thing to do. But yet, a couple of minutes ago, when it was towards a native, it was more like, well, you know, we're we're helping them, but they're destroying everything. Um, I don't know what to think about that comment. And, uh, again, I apologize uh, about her views. Uh, they, she needs to be a bit educated on the subject, I think. I know, I'd like him to say, I think I'd leave it the same because I don't know what they're spending and I think they should uh, fix us before fixing other people. Okay, so about the same as now? Yeah. Okay. How involved should the Canadian military be in the fight against ISIS? Oh, they should be. They should be? Yes, I think they should be. About the same? More? I think they should be more. Somewhat more or a lot more? You see, again, at this time in my life, and you guys are, are too old to go, <laughs> so I, I would answer differently. It depends on the age, right? Uh-huh. It depends on where you are in life. These questions I would answer totally different because I'd be younger. So how involved are going to be? I'd go somewhat more. This is where it shows that the fear-mongering for ISIS uh, actually uh, is working in many Canadians' minds. Uh, yeah, of course ISIS is out there, and yeah, of course they're doing terrible, terrible things. Uh, but essentially, right around ISIS, all the countries that are close by, you talk about Syria and Jordan and all, all the, uh, Iran and Iraq and all that, they have, <clears throat> according to their own numbers, close to 5 million soldiers. Uh, and there's like, what, 20,000 ISIS fighters? Uh Canada doesn't need to be involved in this, but that's that's for another show altogether. Uh, but you know, this is part of the fear mongering you hear on the uh, from the uh, the present government, si- the sitting government right now about you know, oh, ISIS is coming, ISIS is coming. You know, we need we need to do something. We need to take care of them. Uh, it's it's uh, it's fear mongering, plain and simple. How supportive should Canada be of Israel? I'm gonna leave it the same. Okay. I'm not sure. How much power should unions have? Somewhat less. Somewhat less. Government workers should not be allowed to strike. I don't see why not. No, I disagree. You just somewhat disagree or yeah. somewhat disagree? I somewhat disagree. Okay. 
The most effective way to create jobs in Canada is to lower taxes. Mm, no, I don't think so. Some would disagree? Yeah. Almost done. Canada's budget should be balanced no matter what. No. Some would disagree? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, quick question. Hmm? Last time you voted, what did you... Uh, who did you vote for? It's none of your business. Well, you can name the party. It doesn't matter. I just want to see if, they, if this is going to change. <sighs> You don't remember? Well, let me see. It couldn't have been. I I know it wasn't NDP. This goes right again to show how disconnected the typical voter is from the political party uh, and the political system. Um, If you can't remember who you voted for last time, four years ago, and this is the people you are sending to represent you in Ottawa making important decisions for the country and where it's going to go, uh, that, that speaks volumes. That speaks volumes right there. It speaks volumes of the failure of the political system to make sure people are engaged and informed. I don't know. It was either liberal or conservative. I don't, I don't remember which, uh, which one it was. Did you watch a monk's leader's debate on foreign policy Monday night? A little bit. A little part, bit? Yeah, okay. I saw part. From what you saw, heard, or read about the debate, who do you think won? Well, who do I think Harper, won? Harper, Marker, Trudeau, or you don't know? I don't think any of them really won. I think they're sort of... They probably don't know, right? No, I think they're sort of even. Uh, yeah, there's no oh. even answer. Okay, 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 okay. Um... Then I, I have to say I don't know because... Okay, that should give us the results if the site doesn't crash. Mm-hmm. It should give us the result of where do you align. Okay, th- this is a question. No, sorry, it's not the NDP. It's, a, it's, a, it's another question. Regardless uh-huh. of the party you intend to vote for this election, how likely do you support the new Democratic Party of Canada? Zero being not all likely or ten being very likely. On a scale of one to ten... Um, I would say seven. Okay. Liberal, same thing, same question. Regardless of the party you intend to vote for in this election, in general, how likely are you to support the Liberal Party of Canada? Eight. Eight. Regardless Zero. Of... Ooh, wow. How about the Greens? Elizabeth May, I think she should have been involved in more of the debates, first of all. By the way, that zero she gave, that was for the uh, Tories, for the Conservatives, which actually surprised the heck out of me, because I'm pretty sure she voted Conservative during the last round of the elections. But I'd give her a five. Well, it's all about her. This is just about the party. Oh, well, I like her. Okay. I don't know much about the party, so I'd vote for her as a person. Let's just give her a five. Okay, five for the party. How trustworthy do you find Elizabeth May? Barry. So, like, ten? Yes. Okay. Well, Justin Trudeau. How trustworthy. He's so dreamy. Oh, he's nice hair, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trustworthy? Yeah, I'd give him an eight or nine. I'd give him a nine. Okay. Yeah. Tom Mulcair. Yeah. Um, you see, without being politically active, 
Just from hearing them talk, I think he makes a a hell of a an opposition leader. Mm -hmm. As far as being prime minister, I don't know. I think it's I think his powers in being uh, in opposition. So I'd give him an eight. Okay. About Mr. Harper. Uh, I wouldn't give him more than a five. Five it is. How competent do you find Elizabeth May? She's very well prepared, so I'd give her. Um, I'd give her. Um, I'd give her an eight. Okay. How competent do you find Mr. Harper? Five. How competent do you find Mr. Trudeau? Eight. Eight. Mr. Mulcair, an eight as well. In your opinion, how likely it is that the people in your writing will elect the Liberal Party of Canada? You're here in Agassiz. I'm here in Agassiz, and they're all young families. And the whole the whole writing is Mission, Agassiz, and going up the Fraser Canyon. Oh, shit. The people in your writing will elect the Liberal Party of Canada. I think they're going to go with the New Democratic. So I'd give them, ah, uh, seven. Okay. How likely do people will be elected somebody no. green? Four. Four. Somebody in the NDP. Yeah, eight. An eight. For how likely it is that somebody will be electing a conservative? Five. Five. If a Canadian federal election was to take place today, which party would you vote for? If it was to happen today. Liberal. Have you been a student the past 12 months? No. No. What occupational areas do you work in? Small business. <laughs> Retired. Retired. First language you learned? French. It's not uh, Albanian? <laughs> what is your religion? Christian. Catholic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Catholic. How important are your religious or spiritual beliefs in the way you live your life? You're a Catholic. How important not you very re- important, obviously. No, they are too important. They're somewhat... Well, they're important. <laughs> they're somewhat important. Uh, they're important. Very important. Typical Catholic. Some of them. <laughs> How did you vote the last federal election? You said... You think you voted liberal, right? I think. I don't remember. That sounds about right, actually. Generally speaking, how interested are you in politics? Not at all interested. Not I'm very... somewhat interested. Really? How frequently do you follow news and current affairs? Oh, I follow them. Several times each week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which Canadian news source do you consult more often? CBC, CBC, uh... Golden Mail. Well, it's either uh, CBC or, or, or TV. That's what CBC. Have you passed here? Have you done any of the following? Have you done any unpaid volunteer work? That'd be a no. Have you belonged sure. to a union? No. Have you belonged to a political party? Probably no. not. Have you boycotted or chose a product for ethical reasons? Yes. Okay. Have you signed a petition on paper? I think we did. I forget which one. Have you donated to a political party? Have you signed a petition on the internet? Have you participated in demonstration or march? Mm, No. Okay. In politics, people sometimes talk left or right. Where would you place yourself on the scale below where zero is left? I don't know left or right. 
I don't know what that means. Well, left is more like liberal and right is more like conservative. Well, I guess you'd put me liberal then, wouldn't you? Yeah, but how far liberal? Oh, how far liberal am I? Like, like if you like like granola munching, super green, living in a hut, I guess you'd probably be a zero. <laughs> if you're like, you have posters of Hitler in your bedroom and you just no. worship Stephen no. Harper, you'd be a 10. no. Well, then, I don't know. You're probably center Put me left. down at a three. At a three. Really? I'm surprised. Well, Where were you born? Krypton. Canada. <laughs> the uh, ethnics or cultural origins of your ancestors. What is this? Canadian. Canadian works. Probably want to put Canadian there, too. Counting yourself on people living in your household. Two. How many of them are under 15 years old? Zero. Are you hiding some tweens yeah, around uh, here? Yeah, uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Which of the following best describes your combined household income before taxes? I, uh, One I billion know. or more. Oh, yeah, right. I don't know. Put them at a... I don't know. I'm thinking he might be around there or there. I'm not sure. Oh, I don't good. know. I never checked. I don't think it really matters. What issue is the most important to you in this election? Uh, shared income or income splitting? Income splitting. Or like for seniors? Done. Okay, now we'll actually get to see. You're calculating your results. Drop roll. NDP. At 67%, you agree with the NDP. At 61%, you agree with the Liberals. At 55%, you agree with the Greens. And at 49%, you agree with the Conservatives. So it's it's pretty even, actually. It's pretty mm-hmm. even all over the place. Mm-hmm. How do you rate the party leaders? You think Elizabeth May is the best, followed by Justin, followed by Tom, and so it's not bad, actually. So according to this, you align slightly more with the NDP than you do with the Liberals. Mm. Is that the... Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Were you uh, expecting this kind of result? Yeah, well, I knew it would have to be one of those, mm-hmm. definitely. Um. Yeah, there you go. That was it. That was the test. And uh, a surprise result, I must admit. I uh, really did not expect this, uh, that she would rate higher on the NDP, although it was a close call for all of them. Um, But, you know, as a woman who's a staunch, well, I wouldn't say staunch conservative, but she's fairly conservative in many aspects, and you know, she listens to a lot of the conservative buzz lines. All of a sudden, when she does a test, she aligns with the NDP. And uh, for you guys that might be a bit curious as to where others align, if you haven't taken the test yourself, I've asked some of the members of the Left of the Valley crew to do the same thing. Um, now, I won't name these people, but uh, there's four results in, uh, including myself. Um, one of our uh, members actually aligned 64% with the Tories. Uh, actually, uh, a greater result than uh, uh, this person was expecting. The rest of them were pretty even down the line. Another one aligned 75% green and also 70% uh, for the NDP. Uh, a third member also aligned with the green at 78%, um, 77% as well with the uh, liberals, and 71% with the NDP. Now, this is where you know uh, you align. It's not, you can't add those totals, right? It's not 78 plus 77 plus 71. No, no, no. I mean, according to your answers, 78% of them align with what the Greens stand for. And for myself, uh, which was a bit of a surprise too, because in the past I've always voted 
um, either independent or green. Actually, for for a while there, the Green Party wanted me to actually run for as one of their candidates. I actually came in at eighty percent for the NDP. I was surprised at that. Seventy four percent for the Green and sixty nine percent for the Liberals. And I'm not even going to mention the Tory because that's simply embarrassing. So hopefully, you after this show tonight, you guys can understand and not think that the economy should be explained the way Mr. Burns would explain it. Think of the economy as a car, and the rich man as the driver. If you don't give the driver all the money, he'll drive you over a cliff. It's just common sense. And in reality, it's <laughs> it is common sense, but it's not that simple. The economy is something important, but you have to remember that it's also something that we've invented, and it's something that uh, it resides within everything else that is in nature. And if you uh, are not careful about that, uh, you realize that uh, at, at, at the end of the day, uh, you're fighting for money and only that, and there is so much more to life. Time for my rant. For those, of, for those of us who battle the ridiculous world of the believer in everyday life, we come to realize that we battle not a god or his Jewish carpenter's son, but the myth of their existence. Indeed, it is the myth itself that is more difficult to finally lay down, and although rational discussion will assuade intellect, the myth appeals to the emotional side of humans. It is the skeptic in us that pushes us to slay the dragon of myth, and if you really think about it, politics is mostly, mostly mythology too. This was the purpose of tonight's episode, to show that even skeptics can fall to the siren song of myth, and that as true skeptics, we must not fall to old stories and preconceived notions about some ideologies. Do you think that conservatives were better fiscally? Did you think the Greens only care about marijuana? Are NDPers just fighting for unions? In other words, did you skeptically look into politics, or did you too fall for the buzz line, the myth, the perception? You see, I hate politics as much as the next man. I hate that it separates us, it often brings out the worst of, of us, and has discouraged so many of us to the verge of total apathy. But worst of all, I loathe the way politics purposely spread lies and deceit in order to arouse an emotional response whether hope or fear, to have you cast a vote or refrain from doing it, and all in order to acquire power. But I also understand the power behind it and what is in the balance, so it cannot be ignored. But just like the typical Christian who is born of Christian parents, raised in the myth and never gives it much thought, the typical voter too is groomed to vote and think a certain way and never gives it much thought. So much like the battle against the ridiculous rambling of the giant book of Jewish fairy tales, the battle for truth in politics also has great consequences if ignored, and as skeptics, it is our civic duty to shed light on the myth of politics. Because our very future is at stake, get involved. Well, that takes us to the end of our show. So, that wasn't too bad, huh, guys? No, no, it wasn't too bad. Not too bad at all, yeah, we did pretty good there, did pretty good. was, without a doubt, the worst episode ever. Rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes, registering my disgust throughout the world. Um, coming up soon, um, we'll have Daryl Ray. We'll have we'll be talking about the myth of sexual addiction. Uh, we had a nice interview with him. We are also going to do a, a show on uh, simple deconversion stories. How uh, some of us, some of the crew here at Left of the Valley, became atheists 
But our very next episode is going to be our Ghost in the Valley special, because after all, we are in October, Halloween's around the corner, and we also have our friend John Welsh, the uh, local artist from Mission, who's actually writing a new theme song for us. He's going to come in and... We're going to do some kind of episode where we're sitting around the campfire telling ghost stories. So be sure to join us for that. You can always find us at uh, leftatthevalley.com. You can uh, look at us on Facebook. You can look at, uh, for us on Block Talk. If you go to blocktalkradio.com and you sign up, they will actually send you an email whenever we're about to air the show. We're also on Spreaker and soon we'll be on Stitcher. All right, guys. Well, hopefully that wasn't too painful. It was a short show tonight. And I uh, must tell you, do your civic duty, okay? Two-thirds of us don't bother to vote. And two-thirds of us say, well, it doesn't matter. Well, you know, if that two-third of us actually did vote, it would matter. And it would change things. It would make the world a better place. Until next time.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.